The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. And then we say, but God, you said, you should supply all of my need according to riches and glory. Yes, he promised to supply your need, but he never promised to give you everything that you want. God promised to supply all your need, not all your wants. And what is the difference between the two? Now, a need is something necessary. Think about it. A need is something essential. A need is something required for your survival. For example, if you have a need for food, it doesn't mean that because you want steak and lobster, God's going to give you steak and lobster. But he will give you food for your survival. He'll give you food for that which is needful and necessary, for that which is essential for your health. If you need clothing, God promised to supply that need. But he didn't promise to give you Versace or Gucci or any other designer name, brand, because that's what you want. Huh? But God promised to meet your need. You know, growing up, Joyce and I, we were raising five kids. And our kids never went without the needs met. But they often complained that they didn't get what they want. You see, they wanted, I remember my girls were playing basketball. And they needed new athletic shoes. And they wanted name brand shoes, you know, Nike. How many hear what I'm saying? But I decided to get them a very good shoe without the name Nike on it, but the shoe was what they needed. That shoe met what was required, what was needed, what was essential. That shoe did the job. And they played very well in that shoe. Huh? See, God promised to meet your need, not your wants. You may say, Lord, I have a need for transportation, and, and, but, but, but I want a Mercedes. I want a BMW. I want a Maserati. Huh? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. God promised to meet your need. Promising to meet your need could be bus fare. Promising to meet your need could be Uber fare. Promising to meet your need could be an old car. Or not so old car. But because God promised to meet your transportation need, it doesn't mean that God's going to give you what you want. I want a Mercedes. I want a BMW and Aldi. I want, I want, I want, I want. But God never promised to give you what you want. He promised to give you what you need. Is that right? Now, on the other hand, I want is something you wish for, something you desire to possess. Too many times we're wishing for something that's not really 
essential in our lives, necessary in our lives. We're desiring to possess something that will not support our survival. It'll only support our ego. Did you hear what I said? Is that right? I asked my wife the other day. I said, what is the difference in your mind between a need and a want? Well, well, George replied that, well, a need will sustain you. I said, oh, that's good. So if a need will sustain you, what, was a, what does a want do? A need will sustain you, but a want will entertain you. It will entertain the lust of your flesh and the lust of your eyes. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 16, the apostle John said, all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father. It is of the Father, not the world. So what was James telling us? He was telling us how Adam and Eve fell. God placed Adam and Eve in the garden, gave them everything they would ever need. But because they could not prove their faithfulness in the garden, then the, the greater promise that God made to them to take dominion and replenish the earth, have dominion over all the earth, Adam and Eve never fulfilled that promise. Why? They weren't faithful in the garden. If you can't be faithful in the garden, how are you going to take dominion over the world? How are you going to cause all things to be subdued under you if you can't be faithful in the garden? Many of us haven't been faithful in our gardens. They already had everything they need. But all of a sudden, Satan came alone and, and he deceived not just the woman, but he deceived Adam as well because he was there with the woman. So John said, all there is in the world is the lust of the flesh. So when you say you want something, is that desire for wanting that thing is it driven by the lust of your flesh? All there is is the lust of the eye. Do you want it because it's like eye candy to you? I want it because I saw it, and because I saw it, I like what I saw, and that's what I want. And now you're going to say, God, you promised to supply all of my need. But he didn't promise to supply that want. Is it appealing to the pride of your life? I'm telling you, beloved, that a need, whatever a need is, it'll sustain you. And that's why God promised to meet all of your need. But a, a want, on the other hand, will entertain you. It'll entertain the lust of your flesh, the lust of your eyes, and the pride of life. These things are not of the Father. They're of the world. If we're going to live in the kingdom of God and if we're going to trust God to meet all of our needs according to his riches, to give us the desires of our heart, then we must understand it's not based upon what's happening in the world. It's happening, what's, it's based on what's happening in your relationship with God. Now, why do I say that? 
First Corinthians chapter six, verse 17 says, but he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. What does it mean to be joined to the Lord? To be joined to the Lord is to be cleaved to the Lord. To be joined to the Lord means to be glued to the Lord. Now think about that. If you are joined to the Lord, you're cleaving to the Lord, you're just glued, you're just stuck like glue in the Lord. If you're joined to the Lord, then your desires ought to be righteous. And remember, the righteous desires, they can be measured by, do they violate love for God? Do they violate love for others? So a righteous desire, a righteous desire of your heart is God meeting your needs, not your wants. See, you're joined to the Lord. And God's going to make sure you always get what you need. And for God to deny you your need, God will be denying himself because you are cleaved to the Lord. You are glued to the Lord. You are joined to the Lord. You're now one with the Lord. And for God not to meet your need is for God to deny himself. But this is where the heartache comes in. This is where the discouragement comes in. This is where the doubt comes in. Because we're thinking the very things we want, we're thinking their needs. God knows exactly what you need. I remember as a young boy, I struggled with food. Not in the way you might think. I never want to eat. I never want to eat because I never liked what my mom cooked. It got so bad. They took me to the, uh, the uh, clinic, and I was given a shot. I had to receive an injection just to give me an appetite to start eating. It's hard to tell by looking at me now, though, but I'm saying that's the way it used to be. Huh? And I never forget, I just never liked, you see, my father always had a garden, and he, he grew and raised his own vegetables, and my mother cooked from the vegetables, from the crop, from that garden. That was our dinner. Peas, beans, greens. And I, I never forget one day, my mom cooked cornbread and greens. I said, I don't want to eat that. I want something else. And that happened often, by the way. See, I always had little part-time jobs growing up. I knew how to hustle. And so I had my money. So anytime my mother cooked, if I didn't want to eat it, even though it may have been what I needed, I went out and bought what I wanted. You see, we didn't have McDonald's and Burger King, those type of things back then, but we had, we had George's Grill. We had other uh, uh, little restaurants, uh, you know, in walking distance. I would go buy me a hamburger or a hot dog and french fries rather than eating the meal that my mother prepared. And I'll never forget one day. I said, Mom, Mama, what's for dinner? She said, greens and cornbread. I said, I don't like that. She said, boy, you better go and eat that. That's good for you. 
And that day I didn't have any money to go buy anything else. I was desperate, Dave. I was really desperate. I didn't have no money, couldn't find no money, couldn't find no money to steal. I was desperate. So I was so hungry, I forced myself to sit down at the kitchen table and eat cornbreads and greens. And as I continued to eat those greens, they got good to me. Now, greens are one of my favorite side dishes right now. And I haven't stopped eating greens since. Because see, my mother knew what I needed. But I only knew what I wanted because it was based on the lust of my flesh. It was based on the lust of my eyes. I wanted something differently, but my mother knew I needed something more. God is the same way. Even though you don't get sometimes what you want, you will always get what you need because God knows exactly what every one of us need. Some people say, well, I'm believing God for a big house. Maybe a four or five bedroom house. Is that a want or a need? Is that a want or a need? Or perhaps you believe in God to move in a certain neighborhood, maybe a gated community or something. Is that a want or a need? And so we go on frustrating ourselves in our walks of faith because we are misappropriating the promise in Psalm 34, Psalm 37, verse 4, where it says, delight yourself also in the Lord. I am telling you, if you're truly in delighting yourself in the Lord, you're going to decrease and God's going to increase. You're going to minimize what you want and you're going to maximize and magnify what the Lord says you need. But if you delight yourself also, the Lord, he, he shall give you the desire of your heart. The desires of your heart are needs. They're needs, not wants. The desires of your heart is your sustenance for life. It isn't a dessert. Did you hear what I said? It's the very sustenance you need to accomplish God's purpose to fulfill God's plan and to continue walking his will, God wants to give you what you need. And that's why you desire it. And why you desire it? Remember now, it's the desire of your heart. You're joined to the Lord. You're desiring it because God had already laid up for you those needs or the answer to those needs before the foundation of the world. So we need to stop chasing materialistic things. We need to stop being moved by materialistic ambition. And we need to trust God for what we need. Here's the good news, beloved. God knows. He knows the things you have need of. Did you know that? God knows. And this is why he says, delight yourself in me. And I'll give you the desires of your heart. Because whatever you desire is what I want to give you because you need it. In Matthew chapter 6, just before Jesus taught his disciples how to pray the model prayer, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, that prayer. He first told them something before you pray. 
It's important to pray with the right attitude. It's important to pray with the right approach. It's important to pray knowing that you're going to be praying for what you need and not get distracted by what you want. Jesus said before he taught them to pray, the disciple prayer, he taught them in Matthew 6, verse 8, he said, but your father knows the things you have need of before you ask. Did you hear that? You can beg, you can plead, you can cry all you want, but God already knows the things that you have need of before you ask. And this is why you ought to be delighting yourself in the Lord so he can give you the desires of your heart. When that need is fulfilled, that's the desire of your heart also being fulfilled. Then in that same passage, in that same teaching, in Matthew chapter 6, in the 32nd verse, Jesus begins to say, we ought not to be like the Gentiles. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. But your Father in heaven knows that you have need of these things. We got to stop living like Gentiles and start living like the people of God. Now, this word Gentile is obviously a metaphor for anybody who is strange or stranger to the covenant, for anybody not in the kingdom, for anybody who doesn't have a relationship with God. When you live your life as a believer, as if you're stranger to the covenant, as if you're not in relationship with God, as if you live outside of the kingdom of God, then you're living like a Gentile. And as a Gentile, yes, you're going to seek materialistic things. You're going to have a materialistic ambition after all these things the Gentiles seek. But your heavenly Father knows you have need of these things. So why are you begging and pleading? Why are you crying and losing sleep at night? Your heavenly Father already knows you have need of these things. But what you need to do is delight yourself also in the Lord. And he shall give you the desire of your heart. You see, what you want, you may not need. Glory to God. I'm trying to wrap this up, but here's what's happening, beloved. Too many of us go without. Too many of us go without. Then we want to make up excuses, explain it away, justify it. No, 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 no. He said, I'll give you the desire of your heart. And I know the things you need before you ask. You don't have to act like an unbeliever. After all these things, I know the things you need. The problem is this. We don't know how to ask for the desires of our heart. It's real simple. We don't ask for the desires of our heart. Matthew 7, 7 tells us, ask. And it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be open. Did you ask the Lord to give you the desire of your heart? Did you ask? The promise is, if you ask the Lord, it'll be given of you. And if you continue to seek the Lord, and how can you seek the Lord without the joy of the Lord? You don't seek the Lord with a hung down face and a heavy heart. You don't seek the Lord with poked out lips. 
and a frown in your face? Ask, and it shall be received of you. It will be given unto you. Seek, you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened. You might say, well, I've done that. Well, according to James, you may not have done that. James chapter 4, verse 3, verse 2 and 3 tells us, you have not because you ask not. Did you hear that? You have not because you ask not. You asked and you received not because you asked amiss that you might consume it upon your own lust. James said the problem is one of two things. If the desires of your heart are not being met, James says, what well, you didn't ask. Then James says, number two, if you did ask, you asked and you received not because you asked amiss. In other words, you didn't ask according to God's purpose. You didn't ask according to his plan and his will for your life. You asked perhaps according to what you saw somebody else have or acquire. You asked because of what somebody else had. You asked amiss. So James says you ask and you receive not. You asked amiss that you might consume it upon your own lust. Next time you say to yourself, I want something, take a step back and ask yourself, why do I want that? Why do I want that? If that, whatever it is, doesn't comport with what you believe in your heart God would have for you, then it's just that. It's a want, not a need. You have not because you ask not. You've been asking and not receiving because you've been trying to consume stuff upon your own lust, the lust of your flesh, the lust of your eyes, and the pride of life. You've just been window shopping in life. You don't have to window shop. You can be still and know that he is God. And when God put that thing in your heart, that desire, you know he put it there because it's something you need. It's something that's going to sustain you and not entertain you. So in closing, let me say this, beloved. The problem is we keep confusing wants with needs. And when you confuse wants with needs, your hope is deferred. See what you want, you may not need. And if you confuse wants with hopes, then, I'm sorry, wants with needs, needs with wants, then your hope is deferred. Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is like a tree of life. If you keep confusing and conflating wants with needs, then your hope will be deferred. There'll be delayed gratification, delayed satisfaction. And when your gratification and satisfaction in life is delayed, it causes you to lose hope. It causes discouragement. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But when you take a step back and start delighting also in the Lord and you believe and are standing on the promise, he will give you the desires of your heart. Then when that tree of life comes, when the answer comes, when that need is met, it's like a tree of life. Hope deferred just makes the heart sick. 
It makes the heart sick. But when it comes, it is like a tree of life. And that's what God does. It gives us life. Life more abundantly. He wants us teeming with life. But if we confuse our wants with our needs, our hope is deferred. And when our hope is deferred, we get disappointed. We live with disappointment. And disappointment leads to discouragement. Discouragement leads to disillusionment. Disillusionment leads to distress. Distress leads to stress. And you know what stress do for you? Stress will make you sick. Huh? And I'm telling you, delight yourself also in the Lord. And he promised to give you the desires of your heart. But make no mistake about it. What you want, you may not need. And I want what God has laid up for me because that's what I need. Because he knew the end from the beginning. And he's the Lord of everything in the middle. Father, thank you. Thank you for this word. Teach us, Lord, to delight ourselves in you. Trust in you to give us the desires of a heart. As we trust in the Lord, as we enjoy the presence of the Lord, commit our way unto you and rest on you and rest in you by faith. You promised to give us the desires of our heart. Help us to understand, Father, that our needs are not our wants. And what we truly need, that's the thing that's going to sustain us. That's going to undergird us in life. That's going to help us conform to your purpose, your plan, your will. Thank you, Father. Thank you. That everything we want teach us that may not be what we need. Father, we desire our needs to be met according to your predestination, according to your providence, for you know the end before the beginning. And God, help us to receive all that you've laid up for us, perfect that which concerns us. Help us, Father, to walk in the joy of the Lord, delight in ourselves, also in the Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Be encouraged. And just know that if you feel like the desires of your hearts have not been met, then maybe your desires were wants rather than needs. Check yourself and ask yourself, is this something I just want or is this something I need? And if you need it, then God promised I'll supply that need according to my riches and glory. So God bless you. Be encouraged. Remember, we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith worketh by love. Walk in love and have faith in God. 
Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.